a Woodside Church podcast. The side of the, what, what am I, why am I up here? Why am I standing up here today um, having all you wonderful people listening to me? You know, what, what is it all about? What's the aim of standing up here? And, um, and so I started to pray and uh, meditate on, on, on the preach. And I really believe that this, this preach is important to everyone here, whether you're young or old. I think the older youth are in here um, for this as well. So I think this message is, is really pertinent to everyone. Um, but ultimately, the aim of, of this message and any message is to bring you closer uh, in relationship to God. Yeah, that's really what it's about. It's to make your faith stronger um, and allow you to know more about um, our Heavenly Father. There are some here, perhaps, you don't know um, Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And so I hope and pray that this message will convict you, will show you something about um, our Savior that make, would make you think, actually, there's something here, there's something I want to know more about. So, Heavenly Father, um, I just pray, Lord, as, uh, for the next half an hour as I, as I speak, Lord, that you will give me words of wisdom, Lord Jesus, that your Holy Spirit would be with me, direct me. And Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, that ears will be open hearts. Lord Jesus, receive your, your mighty word. Amen. Okay, so the title of the preach is True Friendship. Um, David and Jonathan, we've been looking through, we've been going through Samuel. And so we're now going to be talking about the true friendship. True friendships are really important. Um, I'm blessed to have um, friends here in church and that I've known for many years. Um, and also blessed to have many friends outside church as well. Um, didn't really have many friends at school. I was one of those kids who... Uh, perhaps not in there with a cool crowd. Um, but certainly when I went to university, um, within a week, um, I made some really good friends, really good friends. And those friends uh, are still with me, and we share life. Um, most of my friends are now married, kids, so we've really come up together. And they're almost friends are like family. You know, friendships are really, really important. And there can be great times of fun, laughter, happiness, times of support. Um, when I think about some of the difficult times that I went through at uni, you know, family's not there. And so friends can be a huge part of how you get through uh, difficult situations. Um, having the wrong friendship, yeah, can go completely uh, the opposite way. It can be times of stress. They can give you real stress, make you very anxious mentally, emotionally can be very draining. Um, ultimately can result in betrayal as well. And we've seen that in, even in the Bible with Jesus and his 12 disciples. We see one of his friends, his disciples, um, betray him. Many of you here today, especially the young guys who are doing their A-levels, um, will be leaving school soon, yeah? Finishing A-levels. Some of you will be going into jobs. Some of you will be going to apprenticeships. Um, universities, you'll be going out there in the big wide world um, full of adults um, and you're going to have to come, you're going to have new friends, yeah, new people that are going to be exposed to you um, and picking the wrong friendship yeah, can break you, picking the right friendship can really encourage and, and push you forward as well. So knowing what true friendship is 
is really, really important. Whenever I talk about something, I always like to have a definition. I always like to know, you know, what is sort of the root meaning of um, the topic that I'm speaking about. So when we talk about friendship, we're talking about friends. So I decided, right, do the usual. Let's go to Google um, and let's see what Google has to say about friends. So it says uh, a person, it says friend, this is from the Oxford Dictionary, a friend is a person with whom one has a bond of mutual affection. So it's not a one-sided thing, yeah? Um, two parties are involved. Typically one exclusive of sexual or family relations. relations. So we're not talking about a boyfriend, girlfriend, or a husband and wife situation here, really. We're talking about a person with whom one has a bond of mutual affection, similar to a companion. Interestingly, as I went down the list, um, this was another definition, uh, more pertinent, as I said, to probably the younger guys here. Uh, a friend is a contact on a social networking website. <laughs> now, some of you, uh, it's quite interesting, a lot of you are laughing there, but I bet you there's a lot of people here, I'm, not, I'm saying that in a negative way, um, that um, probably can relate to that as well, you know? Um, Friendship can be regarded as the number of um, contacts you have, number of followers you have, you know, um, how many people are following you on Facebook or Instagram. Um, friendship has changed, and I, you know, for myself, when I look at um, what friends were about, it was a handful of people. Um, if you're going to go and interact with your friends, you're going to knock on the door, certainly as a kid, you know, knock on the door, you're up for a game of football, cricket, whatever, you, and off you go. Um, nowadays, things are very different. As I said, mainly on, a lot of friendship is now online. Um, it's no longer having a handful of friends, but now you may have 10, 20, 50, 100, 1,000, yeah? A million followers. Are these friends? Some people would say, yes, communication has changed massively as well. Friendships for the majority of us here would be a face-to-face -face discussion. How are you getting on? Cup of tea, coffee. Um, but now a lot of it, as I said, is, is, is online. It's done by text. It's done by thumbs up, yeah, clapping, um, emojis, smiley emojis, smiley faces. Um, whatever social networking um, site you're using, you know, communication is a massive part now of what friendship is. We've all got a hint, we've all got a hint of it uh, during lockdown, you know, when we weren't allowed to meet face to face, you know, it was FaceTime, Zoom became the buzzword, you know, suddenly you've got meetings and meeting up with family, friends on, on Zoom, and we've all had a little bit of an inkling of, of what that's like, and for some of the younger people, that's just normal now, and that's normality. Um, it was interesting, Sarah uh, came back from dinner with some school mums and she was telling me how um, uh, a lot of the mums were saying their kids now um, get really upset when they put posts out or photos out and they don't get the thumbs up, they don't get the likes. Um, and for some of us, that's going to be like, these people are nuts. But actually, you know, this is a really important part of um, a younger person's view of friendship. And I say that um, quite seriously because um, it's a very difficult world to navigate. See, when you have a face-to-face -face relationship, that's easy, well, relatively easy. 
Um, you can discuss something, something someone uh, disagrees with you. Um, you can have a discussion or someone, you can see if someone's authentic by looking at them, their facial expression, their body language. Whereas you go online, you know, you, you put something down, you get a, a thumbs down, you get a sad face and worst case scenario, you just get struck off. You know, you're no longer a friend. And for a young person or even an old person, that can be quite um, damaging to their, uh, their, their sense of identity and value system. So we've just got to be really careful. It's, it is a good, it's, like all these things, there are positive sides to it as well. But as young people, and even as older people, we've got to be very careful how we navigate, navigate through this. Um, popularity is no longer how many friends you have. Potentially, it's how many followers you have. Okay? Um, it's not just the young people as well. I set up a, uh, an Instagram account, actually, a few years ago. And um, this was for work purposes, not to really gain friends. Um, but seriously, I mean, I put up a couple of posts for work and um, it started to take, I, I could sense the, the, the drain it had on me. So, you know, you put up a post um, for work, I put, literally put some of my work out there to sort of uh, to attract more clients. And I was actually, I was looking at comments thinking, gosh, you know what, I hope they say something nice. Oh, I hope I get a a tick for that one, or I hope I get a thumbs up for that one, because if, it, if I don't, are they saying I'm rubbish? Are they saying that my work's not great, you know? And me as an adult, you know, um, thinking, okay, I'm quite, quite a strong character, I know who I am, I know my identity, my value system, you know, I know how I'm valued, and that was having a real, oh my goodness, let's just check now, let's, we've got to think about the young people as well, you know, how much of an effect can that have? So. Be careful, this is a, a warning, you know, just, is that real friendship, okay? Is that true friendship? I'm gonna try and give you a little bit more about what, what true friendship is. Um, so, as parents, um, we've gotta really look after our children who are, who are in that sort of, uh, that environment um, as well. Um, so I started to go to the internet again and looked at what, um, what else was out there in terms of sort of secular views on um, what friendship was about. And so a few of these were things are never, has that come up on there? Um, we've got the slide for that. Um, things are never quite as scary as when you have friends. That's quite good. A friend is someone who understands your past, believes in your future, and accepts just the way you are. Sounds good, but some of it's not great, I think. And then there's a famous one, I get by with a little help from my friends. Anyone know who said that? I oh, was up there, isn't he? Yeah, Beatles. <laughs> and there's a few more up there as well. For the sake of time, I'm gonna move on. Okay, so that's a bit of an introduction about friendship. Um, so we are, as I said earlier, we're looking through the book of Samuel. Um, uh, so anyone who has their Bibles, it's Samuel chapter 1, uh, sorry, Samuel 1, chapter 18. Um, before I read the verse, um, let me give you a little bit of context about where we are in the story. So most of us would have heard about David and Goliath, yeah? So David, um, who's a shepherd boy, 
probably around the age of 15-ish, plus or minus a couple of years. Um, he's gone out and defeated and killed um, Goliath. Goliath is roughly about eight feet tall. It's, there's a bit of a, um, a divide as to exactly how tall, so I've taken the average of what I found out. So roughly eight meters tall, which is, yeah? And you've got a young boy, David, um, and he's killed him. Yeah, he's killed him with what? Uh, not with a submachine gun, not with an Uzi, um, but literally with a stone and a sling. Okay, so he's done that. They've defeated the enemy. The enemy were the Philistines. Now David has come back from battle. Um, he's now in the, the palace with, um, with King Saul. At this, at this particular time, Saul was the king of Israel. So you can imagine him sitting there. He's got all of his, uh, his, his, uh, his top guys there, and his son is there as well. His son's his name is Jonathan. So we're going to start reading. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became once in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. Jonathan became one in spirit with David. That didn't really click to me, so I got another um, I got another translation. After David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond between them, for Jonathan loved David. Took another translation. As soon as he'd finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. So we see this real sense of connection. You know, um, Jonathan connected with David very deeply. Hearts knitted together. What was it that really knitted the hearts and soul of Jonathan and David? Um, you know, you can just imagine he's come in, he's probably covered in blood if he came in directly, you know, he'd been sweating and everything, and Jonathan would have been just looking at him. And what sort of thing? I, you get the sense of that he was in awe. He was in awe of, of David. And, you know, he'd been looking at David and thinking, gosh, how brave he was. You know, this guy's killed this giant with his, literally his bare hands. How fearless he must have been. How unstoppable. It talks about how when um, David came in, um, he demanded respect. He earned the respect of soldiers, commanders, and the Israel, Israelites as well. But I think, really, you know, Jonathan must have been exposed to warriors like this potentially before. I think what was quite unique here about the situation was, you know, Jonathan would have looked at David and said, this young boy, you know, had God with him, had the faith to go up and take this giant on and kill him, you know? And for me, if I met someone like that, I'd be like, wow, that's the sort of guy I want to be around. Um, you know, it talks about earlier how David, when he was uh, looking after the sheep, he killed a lion. It doesn't say a cub. Yeah, he killed a lion and a bear. I mean, these bears are huge. Lions are huge. He said he grabbed him by the, David grabbed these animals by the jaw and killed them. You know, how does one do that? How does a young boy do that? He doesn't, unless he has God by his side. You know, such faith in God. Um, I'm not sure I've got, I definitely haven't got that much faith. If I saw a lion, I'd be going the other way, you know? 
But this is what Jonathan must have seen in David. He's thinking, wow, this guy has so much faith uh, in God. Um, so my question to you and to myself, now one thing about preach, I've realised about preaching um, is you learn so much in, in terms of preparing for yourself. And for me, this, is, this has been quite a, it's convicted me about a lot of things actually. But, uh, so when I'm out there giving questions, you know, it, it's to me as well. It's not like I'm trying to um, make you feel uh, or convict you. I am trying to convict you, but not make you feel uh, bad in a way. Um, so do you have friends like David, is my, my question to you all, you know? Do you have a friend like David, full of faith, that will help us and challenge us in our day-to-day walk? I would say, if possible, yeah, find a friend like David in church, yeah? Um, the text says that Jonathan's heart was knitted to David. You know, we need to find someone that we can get alongside with, um, that will help us build us up as Christians. That kind of faith is contagious. In Proverbs chapter 27, verse 70, it says, iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. So if you wish to increase your faith, your closeness to God, um, it's good good to get alongside someone um, that can help you do that. And as I said, you know, that's really convicted me, and that's something that I need to work on as well. Um, for the younger guys here, you know, you can do that as well by, you know, going to your youth groups. Um, New Day is another good way of, 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 of um, getting alongside people and, and getting good friends, good Christian friends. Um, for the older people, you know, if, if you'd like to get someone um, like getting alongside someone, you know, you've got community groups um, that are out there that will really help you. So friends that are knitted together um, is really important. True friendship, sacrifices. So we're still in this, uh, this you can imagine the, the scene, we've got David there, um, he's killed Goliath, Saul's there, and now Jonathan, what it says is, um, this next section is true friendship sacrifices. So when David met Jonathan in that place, I'm guess. so actually let's start reading from verse four. Verse four, it says, Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, okay? Along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow and his belt, yeah? So imagine it, David's come in, talking to Saul, everyone around, and you've got Jonathan literally giving him his clothes, his belt, not because David needed a change of clothes, you know, Um, may have done, but he certainly didn't give him for that reason. He realized, actually, I'm no longer going to be king. Yeah? He saw David and he realized this guy's been anointed by Samuel. He's, been, um, he's a man of great faith. And at that point, he, what he was saying was actually, you know, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you my crown. You know, Jonathan would have been prepped up to become um, the next king of Israel. But yet... Um, he said, no, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you what, was, what he was supposed to have, which was the kingship of Israel. And he said, no, no, you are now going to be, you're now going to be king. Um, let's put this into context. You know, you're at work. You're looking for the promotion. Yeah, you're doing the extra hours. You're getting alongside the right people. Yeah, everything's going well. Boss likes you. And then from the wings, 
Some young dude just turns up, yeah? Hasn't done anything, but so you think. And he gets the promotion, he gets the job. How's that gonna make you feel, you know? Um, how's that gonna make you feel? That's gonna think, oh gosh, this guy's just taking what, that's mine, you know, that job is mine. But here, Jonathan's sac- true friendship sacrifices. He sacrificed uh, his crown to his friend. Not only does he sacrifice his crown, but also he sacrifices his life as well. True friendship really does sacrifice. Later on in the story, as David grows in popularity and and he goes out and and, and fights, um, he becomes more popular. You know, the people love him more. The generals and the commanders of the army and the soldiers love him more. Um, the, The people used to sing songs that Saul had killed hundreds. And now they say, David's killed thousands. And when this time started to occur, when this started to take place, they, um, King Saul became very jealous, okay? And it says in the Bible that he was taken, uh, a spirit of jealousy, an evil spirit came upon him, and he wanted to kill David. He'd had enough of David now, yeah? David was getting too big for his boots, um, and Saul became very, very jealous. So he was out there now to kill him. Jonathan, being a true friend um, of David, went up to his father and said, look, you know, you don't need to kill him. There's nothing wrong with David. He's a good man. He's fought well. He's a man of God, okay? And so he risked his life to go against his father, not just his father, he's the king of Israel. So he risked his life in order um, for his friendship, for his friendship. He sacrificed potentially his, his love. See, Jonathan is a model of sacrificial friendship. Jesus said in John chapter 15, greater love has no other than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Okay. So what can we extract? What can we get out from this? Do you have friends like that? Do you have friends that will sacrifice? Yeah? Do you have friends, or do you have friends that just want to take, take, take? You've got to be careful. True friendship is about sacrifice, about getting out of your comfort zone. Um, Sarah really convicts me. Sarah's my wife. She's sitting over there. Uh, so she convicts me about this. She's good at sacrificing, you know. She'll go out and spend time, go out for walks, um, pick up the phone, uh, and... I'm not really good at that. And it really, you know, preparing this and seeing her started to convict me, you know. Um, I need to sacrifice more. I need to sacrifice more. It's not a guilt trip, but it's something I think we need to consider. Um, how much can you sacrifice? Can you sacrifice more for your, for your brothers and sisters in Christ? Yeah, there's a question out there to you. And not just church friends as well, you know. Can we sacrifice more of ourselves for non-Christians? You know, as, as Christians, we, 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 we're supposed to be going out there, uh, being the light to the world, being ambassadors of Christ. Um, some religions actually would say, no, we don't want our followers to go and mix it up and be friends with people who don't follow their faith. That's, that goes co- totally contrary to what Christians or Christianity is about, okay? It's about getting out there um, and being friends with Christians and non-Christians alike. 
So true friendship sacrifices. True friendship can really hurt as well. We've already seen the potential for, um, for physical harm coming to David. Sorry, coming to uh, Jonathan. We've seen physical uh, harm potentially coming there. But it can be also a lot more than that. Moving on in the story, we see um, Saul is still not, still, still wants to kill. Even after Jonathan had a chat with him, Saul um, still wants to go out and kill David. Further on in the story, it says how there was a festival, a festival of the moon, where everyone within the household or the palace was to come together, and they were supposed to have a two-day festival, and David was supposed to be there as well, yeah? And Saul knew that. Saul knew that David was going to be there along with everyone else, and he thought, right, that's the time I'm going I'm to kill him. Jonathan um, and David beforehand, David was still not, still not happy. David was still saying to, to Jonathan, I think your dad still wants to kill me. Jonathan was like, no, I don't think we've had that chat. I don't think he wants to. And so they came up with a plan. And they said, right, Jonathan and David said, and David said, right, I'm going to go and hide away. Jonathan said, right, I'll go to the, the festival. Okay. And I'll, I'll check the scene out. I'll find out really where, where my dad's at. And so Jonathan went to the festival, so everyone's there celebrating, uh, and, King, De- uh, and King, uh, Saul, King, Gaul, King Saul says, well, where, where is, where is uh, David? He says to Jonathan, where is he? And, and Jonathan says, well, you know, he's not here. I, I, gave, him, I gave him permission to, to go elsewhere. It said in the Bible, it says, Jonathan said, I gave him permission to go and see his dad for a different type of festival. At that point, at that point King, uh, King Saul went ballistic. It says, Saul boiled with rage at Jonathan. You stupid son of a whore, he swore at him. Do you think I don't know that you want him to be king in your place, shaming yourself and your mother? As long as that son of Jesse, that's talking about David, is alive, you'll never be king. Now go and get him so I can kill him. Jonathan replies and says, but why should he be put to death? Jonathan asked his father. What has he done? Then Saul hurled his spear at Jonathan, intending to kill him. So at last, Jonathan realized that his father was really determined to kill David. So not only had he sacrificed, not only had he sacrificed, um, he was really hurt, not just physically, but just imagine, he would have been in that palace banquet hall, king, generals, A-listers, people with, of, of note, yeah? And his father and king throws a spear at him and calls him all, all those sort of things that have been mentioned, you know? How must you have felt emotionally? Yeah? How must you have felt emotionally? He must have just been at pit bottom, you know? Um, but yet... True friendship, yeah? That's what true friendship is about. True friendship can really hurt you. So Jonathan had been ridiculed. How demeaning must have that been? Sometimes being a true friend in, um, in the real world, in the world that we live in now, can also result in emotional pain as well. We all know that having the wrong friend the wrong colleague that we associate with sometimes can um, be quite painful. How about friends that tell the truth as well? So true friendship 
yes, it can result in pain from other people um, presenting that to us, but also as friends together, that can be painful as well. You know, true, the truth hurts, as someone said to me earlier on about 20 minutes ago, the truth hurts. Um, and friends, friends aren't always about people who just say yes, yes to you, yeah? True friends are those people who can have that chat in the end and say, actually, you know what, I think you're not quite right here. I think you need to change track here. I think, you know, that you're at fault here. And true friends will do that. But, and I'm sure most of you agree with that, but it's hard, isn't it, to hear that? It's hard to hear that from, from friends. It's interesting, I was uh, reading a book, um, Tim Keller's book about marriage, and, um, and it's a great book. I'm going to quickly uh, promote that book. It's a great book uh, for anyone who wants to read about marriage. Um, and he talks about how when people struggle in marriage, he goes, when a husband or a wife struggle in marriage, who do they automatically go to? Do they go to another uh, a couple who's, uh, who's strong in their marriage and love each other and everything's going well? Or do they go to the singleton? Or do they go to you know, someone else who's struggling in their marriage? They tend to do the latter. <laughs> You know, because as, as humans, we want people to side alongside with us. You know, we want to go and we want to get the, the arm around the shoulder and um, we want to say, no, no, it's not his fault, it's not her fault, because that's, that's what we're... But true friendship isn't about that. And sometimes we need to hear the truth and that truth sometimes um, will hurt. So being true friends, um, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not plain sailing. True friendship protects. True friendship protects. Um, we see in this story that, um, as the story goes on, now Jonathan has realized, Jonathan has now realized that um, his father wants to kill David. So he, they come up with a plan. He know, Jonathan's a bit worried that someone might be following him. And so they come up with a plan, um, and signals have been arranged so that, that when he provides a particular signal, yeah, David will know when it's safe to come out. It says, it says in the text, um, if we move on to verse 41, move 41, it says, as soon as the boy was gone, so they basically came up with a, a, um, a system that um, Jonathan was going to pretend to be uh, doing some archery, and when, a, when the bow went a certain direction, the young boy, a young boy would go and pick it up. And if it, went, if it went a certain distance, when the young boy picked it up, Jonathan would say something, and David would know he's all in the all clear. So in verse 41, it says, um, as soon as the boy was gone, David, come out, David came out from where he'd been hiding near the stone pile. Then David bowed three times to Jonathan with his face to the ground. All this time I've been talking about how Jonathan was in awe. Jonathan was, um, he saw great attributes of, um, of David. But here we see then David bowed three times to Jonathan. You know, so friendship for me, when I read this, I'm like, you know, friendship really is about a two-way thing. You know, it's not just a one-sided, one uh, it goes in one direction. David bowed three times to Jonathan with his face to the ground. Both of them were in tears as they embraced each other and said goodbye, especially David. So, you know, we've got this idea that um, true friendship pr uh, protects, 
But it also, true friendship um, also expresses great love as well, you know. Let me just read that last little bit for you. It says, then David um, bowed three times to Jonathan with his face to the ground. Both of them were in tears as they embraced each other um, and said goodbye, especially David. How many times have I ever embraced a friend and cried, you know? Um, not many times, I'd have to say. This idea of expressing love, um, it's not a romantic love, you know, it's a, it's a friendship love. Men perhaps are a little bit more, let's take a step back. Friendship that expresses true love like this, I think makes you vulnerable. Okay, we see David crying, you know, he, he wanted to be transparent, he showed his love. He showed his love to his, uh, to his friend Jonathan. You can, you can imagine that scene, can't you? You've got these two guys, just their love for each other is great and they're willing to give it out. True friendship, it means being vulnerable, it means transparent, um, being open to one another. And they embraced and cried um, before they said goodbye. And yes, um, I think men struggle perhaps more with this than women. Um, women are perhaps generally better at expressing their emotions and I would encourage um, us men to do more of that. You know, often we like to hide ourselves away when things aren't going right. You know, we internalize, women are better at externalizing their emotions and, uh, and their struggles. Uh, and, you know, getting alongside the right person, the right friend, will allow you, you know, to, to open up and, and, and share your problems, share where you're at, what difficulties you're struggling with in life, you know? Oh, you know, why is Christian, my Christian walk with God, is, why, is it, why is it not going in the right direction? Can you help me? And it, it sounds straightforward enough, but actually to put yourself out there, it takes a level of vulnerability, you know, when you're struggling through with something. And, you know, the fact that we all are here and, you know, we love God and God loves us, you know, we should be able to put ourselves in that position. Um, but it's easier said than done. So there's some really interesting points I, 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 I've highlighted about uh, what true friendship is, okay? But ultimately, um, we're all humans as well. We're all humans and we aren't perfect. So sometimes even our friends will, will get it wrong. Even our friends will let us down. Um, and so we have a perfect friend, and that is Jesus as well. One of my first points was how David and how Jonathan's hearts were knitted together. Okay? Jesus' heart is knitted to ours. Jesus is the perfect friend. He, lo he knows us like no other. He loves us more than Jonathan loved David. In Psalms chapter 139, verse 13 to 14, it says, For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Hearts knitted together. Jesus has knitted his heart to you. Yeah, before you were even born, he has knitted his heart to you. True friendship sacrifices, I said. 
Jesus sacrifices. How many people do you know, how many people do you know in your life um, that would sacrifice their life? Yeah? Maybe parents, maybe a really good friend, but how many people here would know of, well, how many people would sacrifice their own life for someone they didn't know? Before you were even born, yeah, Jesus was ready to sacrifice his life. You know, Jesus, um, Jesus doesn't, re- doesn't need us. You know? Jesus lived in perfection, in community through the, through the Trinity. But yet, when he created us, yeah, he loved us so much, he took himself out of that perfection, out of that beautiful communion he had, because he loved us so much, and sacrificed his life. He sacrificed a life of pain, suffering, ultimately in death, because he loved us. You know? So we've got a real, true friend, the perfect friend in Jesus. Jesus sacrifices. Jesus, the King of Kings, sacrifices. Can you imagine Prince Charles sacrificing his life for you? I don't think so. You know? And he's the King of Great Britain. You know? And we're talking about the King of Kings yeah? sacrificed his life for us. It's amazing. You know, the beauty about um, the Christian message is personal. Yeah? You never find that in any other religion, that, that, that sense of God stepping down in the form of Jesus to relate to us so we can have that one-to-one relationship with him. Yeah? It's unique. The concept of being a friend with God in some religions is actually blasphemous. You know, God is far too great. How dare you say he can be our friend? That's regarded as, you know, almost a, 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 in certain religions as being uh, blasphemy and something you could get in big trouble for. True friendship protects. Jesus protects. Yeah. Now, we're not just talking about physical protection here. You know, there are lots of um, testimonies about how Jesus has protected, protected people from physical danger. But he also can protect us emotionally as well, mentally, through spiritual attack. You know, some of us here today will be going through really difficult times. Yeah, they'll be going through emotional times. They may be feeling spiritual attack. They may be feeling low, anxious. You need protection. You know, Jesus can actually provide protection against that. It says that, for our struggle is not, in the Bible it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So I'm going to encourage you, so if you are struggling, yeah, whatever you're struggling in, uh, and you've tried the world and it's come up empty, yeah, why don't you give Jesus a go? Yeah, why don't you become friends with Jesus? True friendship can hurt. Jesus was hurt for you. We can, we've already, I've already briefly spoken about how um, Jesus went through pain and suffering uh, as he lived on the earth. He did that because he loved us. Being a friend of Jesus can be painful as well. Having a friend like Jesus isn't always nice. Yeah, you won't hear that many times from the pulpit, pulpit, would you? 
Eh? Having a friend like Jesus isn't always nice. What do I mean by that? You know, often we think, oh, become a Christian. You know, life is going to be a bed of roses. Everything's going to go really well. Doesn't work that way, does it? You know, there is sacrifice to be made um, because true friendship with Jesus can hurt. You know, we all know as soon as you've got, as soon as you, you're, at, you're in your workplace or in your school, universities, wherever that's going to be, you know, and suddenly you get labeled the Christian, we know where that's heading. You know, in this day and age, being a Christian is painful. You know, um, say the wrong thing now, um, Christians generally are going to be the first ones that get it. I think in terms of religious, um, for people who are um, attacked for their religion, okay, Christianity probably comes up there now. You know, to be a Christian now is, is dangerous, can be painful, can be hurtful, yeah? But we've got to remember that what Jesus died for us. He went through pain and suffering. And it's something that we may have to um, encounter as well. But Jesus loves us. Jesus is always going to be there with us. And he'll never let things get to the point that we can't handle as well. So that's a, that's a real encouragement. True friendship expresses love. Jesus loves. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Yeah, so Jesus um, loves. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish, but have everlasting love. Jesus loves. God's forgiveness and love are unconditional. He loved us while we were still sinners. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Lots, lots to talk about in terms of friendship there. Yeah? Friends are important. Friends are, having friendships is, is, is very important in our day-to-day life and our, in our church life. First, friends are important. Christian friends are very important. Give us encouragement, help us build in our faith. But you know what? Jesus is the best friend. And that's really where I'm going to end today, just to remind you, actually, when anything, anyone or ever, anything fails in our life, we can always come back to Jesus. Yeah? Jesus has been through it all. He's conquered death. There's nothing that you can go through in life that Jesus hasn't been through. And he is your friend. He's the friend of not just Christians. He's the friend of sinners. And we sing that, don't we? So... Let me just finish off with there by just saying Jesus is the best friend. Struggle, come to the cross, come to Jesus. Um, If you want to be friends with Jesus and you don't know too much about him, come and talk to me, come and talk to one of the leaders um, and we can get you connected and give um, give you more information. Ron, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Joe. I really think that it's very, very timely. You know, we, we've just been through a lockdown, and that in many ways has destroyed a lot of the social fabric in the country, and uh, perhaps in our own lives as well. And uh, I was just talking to one of my daughter-in-laws uh, just the other day, and she was saying, you know, when, when I started to come back to church, I just wanted to have a friend. I just wanted to, to talk to somebody who I would call a friend. I didn't want, she said, I'm not like you. I don't, I don't want to talk to lots of people. She said, when I come to church, I just want to talk to 
a friend. So we are all very, very different, aren't we? But we all need friends. And I think what Joe has communicated there has just been so good to remind us of the friendship of Jesus. And, but the, the example that we've got in, in David and Jonathan, which is an amazing um, illustration, isn't it? Oh, that we would be friends like David and Jonathan and that we would have friends like, like David or Jonathan. So let's, uh, yeah, let's be encouraged by that. And, but also, as, as Joe said, you know, if, if we don't know Jesus, then we don't know the best friend in the whole world. David and Jonathan, they were, they were, they were types of Jesus in terms of friendship. But the real friend is Jesus. And so we would encourage you, if you don't know Jesus as your friend, Grab the opportunity today, talk to somebody. Um, I think Lisa hopefully will be, is Lisa? You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.